I notice this one particular very concerning headline saying, congrats, your podcast has successfully been deleted. Deleted. All of my podcast episodes are gone. My entire impact on my website is gone. All of the emails which are linked to that domain, gone. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> <laughs> we are back, indeed. It's crazy recording a podcast after all this time. I remember recording one with you in my second year of uni when you had the Business Meets Fitness podcast. Gosh, yeah, that's on YouTube. Yeah you, yeah, you came to visit me for my birthday and uh, we just recorded a random one all about kind of competing and whether it was good for you and our mental health and all that kind of stuff. That was a long time ago. That was almost five years. We did Entrepreneur versus Entrepreneur as well. We did. I know I forgot about that one. <laughs> I remember that one more, I think. God. Yeah, I think that was really in depth. We were very passionate at that time. Still are. Precisely, precisely. Are you ready to jump in and get ready with the podcast? Gonna hit you with some pretty good questions. I'm ready. Okay. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Do you want to do some kind of intro okay, yeah, or should we just yeah, dive I'm straight in? Stop doing, I was just enjoying those media things too much. Um, <laughs> oh shoot, yeah, the intro. Okay, so um, honestly, I feel like if we just intro just by like just chatting, I think it's probably going to be the best thing to do. Just, yeah, okay, cool. It's been pretty, uh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. I know it's been some time, so it's great to have the podcast back i'm super excited to be a part of it and have lauren ask me to come on and ask these questions purely because i've known you for a number of years now so it's nice to be in this position where i can dive even deeper and learn some things about you that i didn't know from a personal perspective and a business perspective so this is a really cool day for me as well and i know for everyone listening they're going to find so much value in getting to know who you are what you do, why you do it, and where things are going in the future. Because I know from working with you and at Impact School, which we'll get onto, that there are a number of exciting things in the pipeline. Am I right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, Tom, I'm so grateful for you coming on and doing this because I think that when we just chat, we have the best conversations. And now we actually actually get to record it and put it out there. And, you know, you come onto the team more recently. And I think it's cool to be able to see our dynamic and working together because you know me so well and when we whenever mm. we've done content whenever we've done lives or just even had discussions or things marketing I know that the best stuff comes out and so getting back on this podcast I mean I couldn't do it without you and I'm grateful for you so I, I, I'm, I'm excited and intrigued to see what's to come and I know that ultimately we're going to have just great chats which is going to empower people to really get to that next level for themselves because that's what you've allowed me to do and so if you can in inspire people to think in the same way which you inspire me to think, that's going to be powerful. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And like I say, I'm glad to be here. A lot of the times, I think most of the conversations we have, we think, oh, why didn't we have a microphone on there and just record it? And now that's exactly what we're doing and deciding to do. So we're going to bring everyone listening, watching wherever you are on this journey and share this with you. So Lauren's playing around with... Uh, some really cool sound effects that she wants to add into the podcast. I think she's 
so excited because we haven't done this in such a long time that it's just adding everything Ooh, in. <laughs> I'm stoked. I'm stoked. So yeah, look, Tom, I don't know where the heck you're going to take this, but but let's get it. And for everyone that's been engaging on social media in the meantime, while we've had this slight hiatus, I truly, truly appreciate you following along over on at Lauren Tickner. That's my name. And that's where we are on socials. So Tom, you're just at Tom Pabani, right? They can Correct. And that's the one. And that's, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Awesome. Let's dive in. Okay, so there's going to be a lot of questions. We're going to go on a real journey here. So, are you ready? I was born ready. You know me. I, I don't like to plan awesome. things. Tom's like, Lauren, I know. want to go over, have a look at them. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, no, let's just go. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm impressed with my own questions, but we'll see how they pan out. Okay, so first and foremost, I want to set... Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to hit another sound effect, but I won't this time. <laughs> right let's dive straight in so first and foremost lauren we've known each other for five or six years now but i want to paint a very small scenario for you we don't know each other and we're on the tube and we have two stops to our next destination we've only just met so i ask you who is lauren tickner give me your bio you have two stops what is that for the people i think this, when it comes to like who are you as a person there's the who are you as in what's your elevator pitch and then who are you as in who are you because I think as as humans and mm-hmm. we talk often about stoicism and we have very deep chats but I really think that ultimately as people our aim is to become more of me my aim is to become more me your aim is mm-hmm. to become more you and the goal is always to essentially pursue ultimately what makes you become more of who you are as a human being as a soul as a as an identity and so from the more philosophical standpoint that's something that i feel that i'm continuously learning and exploring and and developing and growing because i feel that my expression and this is when you first began to know me was through fitness and through social media and through making social media content and that was what was empowering me I feel to build a mindset of resilience and become someone who that's really really strong and that can withstand a lot of pressure but at the same time I feel like the experience in which when you first began to know me I was I had really no social life it wasn't something that I even cared about or that Mm -hmm. was crossing my 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 level of consciousness because I was so solely focused and so I was actually quite one-dimensional back then whereas now I feel like my my goals and my ambitions are so great when it comes to empowering people who are bloody brilliant on what they do to get their message out there to get their business growing and scaling like that's another side of me but then now as well I want to be a great friend. I want to be a great sister. I want to be a great daughter. I want to be a great leader to my team. I want to be a great partner. I want to be a great, you know, and and so then it's like, why great? You know, what what does that mean? What does Mm. great mean? And so whenever I hear this question now, in the past, I would have immediately gone to, well, I'm the founder and CEO of Impact School. What we do is we help people launch and scale online coaching and online courses and all this and this and that. But my mind doesn't go there anymore. And I think that's because of the Mm -hmm. hours and hours and hours of personal development that I've done and through actually executing on that personal development 
through having those tough conversations and through holding myself accountable to the person that I ultimately want to be. So if you're sat next to me on a tube for two stops, <laughs> um, you're going to be uh, you're going to be having some some deep conversations that you probably wouldn't usually be expecting to have going from London Victoria to Green Park. Is that two stops? I think that's about two stops. I think if they were on the train or the tube next to you, they would probably miss a lot of their stops and end up in somewhere like Edgware. <laughs> so... Sounds, Sounds pretty accurate. So It's so interesting to hear that you've been on what I think is a really reflective journey yeah. since your time being a fitness influencer. And you kind of have just brought me on to my next question. So like you said, we met when you were in effect a fitness influencer and the interesting thing is that we will probably have a ton of new listeners here or people who have only known you as an online coach doing impact school as you said which I find fascinating because that's what I knew from you for so oh, long sorry to interrupt I really just want to I want I don't want people to think Lauren as an online coach I think you should instead say okay. entrepreneur just because um yeah, because okay. otherwise it's just self-identifying as something that I'm really not, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, cool. Uh, I'll just go back yeah. and repeat that. So it's really interesting to hear that you've been on such a period of reflection from being fitness a fitness days. influencer. To, fitness coach days. Yeah, fitness coach days. And now for what well, I imagine we'll have a lot of new listeners and people who have only known you recently and just seen you as this incredible entrepreneur building amazing things at impact school and beyond which i find crazy because you know back then that's all i knew so i would like to revisit that time in your life and talk a bit more about that reflection and how being a fitness influencer fitness coach more importantly has led you to become the entrepreneur you are. What things did you learn throughout that period that drove you to become the type of entrepreneur that you are now? So I was talking to a friend about this the other day because I think so often, and you know this because you're really into fitness as well, but oftentimes mm -hmm. when you are someone that is into fitness, you have this mindset of like, yeah, I can hustle, I put in the work, and I, I'm always going to go above and beyond. And you have this kind of mindset to you as much as this sounds ridiculous but it's just facts and everyone knows that you kind of just think that you have this one up above everyone else because you can put in the reps and you're willing to hustle and you're willing to grind but what I've seen from a number of clients is actually that you genuinely love fitness and that's why you're good at fitness and that's why you're willing to quote unquote sacrifice for fitness, but you're not actually sacrificing because you genuinely just love fitness. It's kind of like how some people just genuinely love going fishing. You're not gonna say hashtag hustle, hashtag grind because I'm going on a fishing trip at four in the morning if you actually just love fishing. And so I think that for me, the transferable skill from fitness wasn't ultimately because I loved fitness. I think it's ultimately because back then that was an outlet for me to channel some kind of negative energy. People bullied me, right? They used to call me Mackie D's. I was even in the gym yesterday and I was actually doing some really difficult lunges and I was genuinely so tired because I'd been at an event until 3 a.m. the previous morning, <laughs> that night, as it were. And so I was so tired, but I wanted to get my session done. And I just remembered thinking to myself, 
people used to call you Mackie D's, Lauren. Come on, step it up and be the type of person that you know that you ultimately are. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of goes back to what I was saying. You know, you want to hold yourself to that standard of the person that you know that you're ultimately meant to be. I was just derailed a little bit when I got a little bit overweight at school and then I got bullied for all of that. And so I think really, honestly, the most important thing for me was understanding the freedom and fulfillment that can come through having an online business and through doing something that you're passionate about and because I'd been through the fitness journey because I'd known what it felt like to be overweight and bullied and then I'd known what it felt like to be underweight and skinny and having really disordered eating which is when you and I first came into contact with each other mm-hmm. after going through all that I just didn't want other people to go through the same thing I mean why did I even start on Instagram well <laughs> something that I've never shared before is the reason why I started on Instagram and it wasn't to create a fitness account just that it was actually because back in the day on the little hearts tab you used to be able to see who was engaging with what on social media you could see who had commented on what and i used to find all these like skinny inspiration pages on instagram and i wanted to engage with this community because everyone i could see was motivating each other and there were these quotes and i remember like one will always stick with me it would say something like hungry to bed and hungry to rise makes you something or whatever do you know it? Have you seen it? I don't remember. Yeah, those kind of thin inspiration quotes that you that were very Tumblr in those oh, days that yeah. kind of took the shift over to Instagram. It was yeah. so dark, dude. Like, it was so dark. And, like, I didn't even realize that at the time because I just thought, oh, yeah, these people are going to help me reach my goals. And so I was in this terrible mindset where I was having all these panic attacks all day, every day. And I just found this community that I thought... And, and it, it felt like this dopamine, right? Because they were supporting me on my goals, which were really, really bad goals. And that's the other thing. What you're passionate about and what you're emotional about is what you will then work towards. So when it comes to business, if you're trying to grow a business, how can you actually get emotionally attached to the outcome? What are the consequences of people not having your help? How are they going to negatively be affected? Like, for example, our client, Charmaine, I mean... She is unbelievable because she's helping people reverse to type two diabetes and she's literally saving their lives. And so she is emotionally attached to the fact that if they don't get her help and if she doesn't get out there on social media, even though she hates social media, she knows that all these people in the world aren't going to get the help and support that they need and they're going to remain on insulin for the rest of their lives, which she knows isn't healthy in the long term. Right. And it's not necessarily natural. But anyways, I won't get down that. But yeah, so to your point, I think for me, being in the fitness industry just showed me the possibilities of what can happen when you actually get out there, make offers and start building a business around something that you actually care about. So that's, uh, I'd say, the, the short answer for you there. No, that's great. Um, strength feed. Talk to me about mm. that. You know, I was on that the other day, the hashtag. Were you? Yeah. Fantastic. There's 200,000 posts there now. It's crazy. So what I want to know is why develop Strength Feed? And for the people who don't know, tell them what that is. And I'm going to dive in with some deeper questions about that as well. So I remember, so, so for context, Tom and I were in the same year at uni I had taken a gap year, so I went and worked in corporate asset management in this massive, massive firm in London. 
doing yeah i mean look fund management right and so i was working with all these these asset managers and it was such a such a quote unquote successful job from the outside but i was so unhappy i mean that thing that sucked my soul from me that that corporate job and um with that said i then was sat in my well actually i was standing because i used to have this strategy in my office whereby because they brought standing desks right and you could press the button and it would stand or sit so i would always stand when everyone else was sitting because they were all lazy and i could then go on my laptop or my computer sorry and do anything i wanted so i was like researching fitness stuff i was researching what are index funds i was learning everything and i was just studying all day i was even scrolling linkedin and so I remember at one moment thinking to myself, okay, I've already been accepted into the University of Bath, but I do not want to go and study economics and politics because that's what I was supposed to be doing if I ended up taking the offer. So I went on the website and I was desperately, desperately trying to change to study sport science and exercise science because I was really obsessed with fitness at the time and my only outlet of positivity would be when I would go on my phone and at this time I changed all my stuff from being like this skinny inspiration stuff to becoming stronger because I'd just been having so many panic attacks from just not eating enough food right and obviously there's more to it which we can touch upon in a minute and I speak about it so openly because I think that honestly through speaking about it was how I was able to overcome all these 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 mental problems that I was having right now going back to this i was on the website and i was like okay university of bath let's have a look and before i even got to the page where it would show me all the different courses that they had and how i could see how i could actually shift my course from politics and economics to sports science i saw on the front page it said uk's number one business degree and at that point i was thinking well i can never be employed in another job like this again so i need to make my own business so let's see what we can do So me being me, I'm like, okay, how can I finesse this? (laughs) So I was like, right, I'm just gonna have, I'm gonna have a cup of coffee and I'm gonna call them up. So I went over from my desk over to grab a coffee. It was like four in the afternoon and this was a very non-me thing to do, but I just was like, I, I need to somehow get this energy in me. And I remember so vividly calling them up and explaining to them, I'm working in asset management, I'm doing all of this. I managed to go through all of these different test centers and all these different different uh, assessments and I, all the people that were trying to get the same job as me a lot of them had master's degree in investment but they managed to choose me and here's what I've been doing since I've got this job and the woman that I was on the phone with was really impressed and she tracked me through to someone who was actually from the management area of the uni and I'm pretty sure they just moved me over. I can't really remember if I had to email or something. I think I had to email and that was it. And they accepted me onto that degree. And I was like, Mm. oh my gosh, I'm gonna be a really successful business person. I've just got on the best degree I could possibly get. And then I went there and I realized that none of my professors had ever had their own business. And I wanna ask you about this because you actually proceeded to do an MBA. Mm. So like, how was that? I did. Were they legit or what? So you are entirely correct. None of them had started their own business. They'd done a couple of side hustles. um, Yours may have. Mine hadn't. Mine hadn't. 
Interesting. I did a lot of entrepreneurship within my management degree as well. What I did find is that there were a lot of hard skills that they taught you. So everything from accounting to finance to business economics and marketing. But what I also found is that this was nothing that I couldn't have learned by just Googling and doing it of my own volition. I learned, and this is a lesson to anyone listening as well, is that there are so many good content creators around business and entrepreneurship out there where you can access so much value for free. People like Lauren, who are just giving it away. Practical, actionable advice. And I found that it was, for me, a catalyst to go on and look further and look deeper into entrepreneurship. I discovered startups and I got deeper into the tech world. And this was also during the COVID pandemic, right in the heart of it, where everyone was doing things remotely. So it was a difficult time, but I think you and I had slightly different experiences because I was 24 when I did this MBA and you were obviously 18, 19, am I correct? 19 going on 20 and you'd already started building an audience. So it was slightly different positioning, which is why I think your perspective is so important for other people to hear Mm -hmm. because you had a passion outside of that and you grew this along with strength feed, which I'd love to hear more about in a Mm, moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I see, I love this conversation because one of the things that I always say about you, that's amazing is like, I have so much tactical knowledge of like being in the trenches and I can, I can see like little, Mm -hmm. okay, if we write this hook and this piece of copy, we're going to get this response. And if we do that and we'll do this and like the actual intricate details of like how to get a direct response and how to make something grow and how to have something high converting. I know really well as an example, whereas then you'll come at it from this perspective of like, okay, so this company did this strategy and this is the result and this is how we can do the same. And this company did that and that company did that. And here are the team members that you need for this. And it's really interesting because I feel like from you doing your MBA, you got really good like case study knowledge, if that makes sense. That's how I think about it. Like your knowledge of startup culture is incredible. And it's fascinating to me because the way that you speak, it's like the podcast that I listen to, right? So when I'm listening to how I built this or where I'm, when I'm listening to diff, just, uh, you know, the quest with Justin Khan, all of these great podcasts, like you have this knowledge too. And I think that's what's fascinating about the different ways in which, you know, there's the theory and there's the, the, the actual case studies and then there's like the practical application. And so seeing you now take that knowledge and apply it is really interesting. I just always think with uni, like I wish, I just wish, like I, the way they do medicine degrees is great because they actually have you go and execute. I feel like what they tried to do with my degree is my degree after the first year, the first half of the second year, I had to go and do a placement, you remember? And so I worked, mm-hmm. I was the third employee at influencer.com, right? And so I was friends with the founder and he's doing great things now and it's really impressive what they're doing. I mean, it's bloody brilliant. However, at the same time, I tried to ask my professors, hey, I have my own business, Strength Feed. And I was already, I had a lot of clients at that time. 
and they just wouldn't let me do my own placement. And I was like, guys, if you let me do this, I'm gonna learn so much more than, you know, hitting a spreadsheet and dialing the phones, because that's what I was doing there for the most part. And so that was interesting. But yeah, just going back to going back to strength feed. Um, <laughs> so the reason I ever even brought up uni is because I actually had a, a piece of paper just like this. I'm like renowned for never having a proper notebook. I just draw on like random pieces of paper and they're just always everywhere. But I remember trying to think, what can I do to empower people to become strong, both physically and mentally? Because that was really important to me. I mean, strengthening the body was critical because my method in order to get results in fitness was through essentially powerlifting style training. So that was all about building strength. But then I knew that the mind is, is, is everything, right? In all areas. And so I was scrolling on Instagram one day and I was like, Instagram feed, strength feed. And then I was like, ah, okay, well, what I can do is I can make a feed of strength. And then that can be my community and my home for people who want to become, yeah, both stronger both physically and mentally. And it was crazy because I just didn't think it would take off. I mean, why is why are people gonna just randomly start using a hashtag? But yeah, to this day, people are still posting there, men, women, all around the world. There seems to be a lot of French people using it, which is interesting. Why? But I guess somehow it, it picked up there. And you know the story, right? Like I was obviously, I was doing fitness coaching. I did the strength feed guide, which sold, I mean, we sold thousands of copies of this ebook. And then I came up with the other ebooks and stuff. And this is back in the day when ebooks were, you know, you, you could you could flog a lot of ebooks if you wanted to. But then I was silly because I didn't know about upselling. I didn't know about having a high ticket converting back end. Because if I'd have sold thousands mm -hmm. of ebooks on the front end without running a single dollar of paid ads like I had done, if I had high ticket still, oh my gosh. I mean, that business would, would have been doing millions and millions and millions. But I just had no idea because I thought that people were coming to me for me. I thought they wanted coaching from me because mm. I was doing coaching still at the same time. But then I ended up after I sold loads of ebooks, I really minimized my coaching to I had like maybe a couple of clients. Can you remember? I can't even remember now. I know that you were heavily overwhelmed at one point with the amount of clients that you had. And I think there was quite a pivotal moment where you thought, I can't do this, I need to take this further and scale in a different way, which I'm sure we'll get onto. But yes, there was a period of real overwhelm where you were burning the candle at both ends, trying to manage things yourself, because you were doing everything. And uh, this is why you've built a team now who's able to handle things, which we talked about in our Facebook Live the other day, which was super interesting. But yeah, continue on that point for me. Yeah, we should. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, we let's should. get that done. So make sure wherever you're listening to this, you are subscribed. And uh, yeah, thumbs up, leave a review, as they say. Please appreciate you. But um, no, with that said, <laughs> oh, actually, let's do this. <laughs> no, for those of you listening or watching, she's been wanting to do that for the past 20 minutes and she's finally done it. So you can see the smile. It has a bit of a lag before it comes on because the thing still says it's still in, in beta. So anyways, um, yeah, like, you know, what's interesting is I genuinely just thought that I couldn't build a team around my coaching business 
back then. Right. Because I thought, I literally thought people were coming to me for me. <laughs> it's so funny thinking about it now. And while you can use your name, you can use your mind, you can use your experience, your knowledge, your body on the front end to pull people in, people are coming because they want an outcome and they're staying because they want accountability and community. Now, they may be attracted to you and your personality and your way of doing things, but they're not just going to turn around and say like, hey, Tom, here's $2,000 because I like you. People don't just do that. They come to you because they want the mm-hmm. outcome that you can provide for them. And that's the difference. And so I think when it came to that whole entire business, I thought I had to scale through launching eBooks because that's what everyone told me that I needed to do. I even had someone come to me and right. they were like, hey, Lauren, if we just sell to 1% of your audience at this price point, we're going to make this much money. And so that's how I fell into that avenue of doing things. And it was kind of a trend back then. Like everyone, you know, kind of how in the past few years, everyone wanted to sell an online course for $997. Exact same thing, right? It was just a trend. But now I've realized that business ultimately is sequential. And so if you build out something that genuinely takes a client from A to B through building your own framework, If you then have that and you have a system to bring new clients into that, then you can bolt on anything else on the front end. But you have this one thing which really gets results because results, you know, that program on its own will grow like a weed because every client that comes in will bring a referral or two. And that's how you can even grow without marketing at scale. And that's how even if we did no more marketing now, because we get referrals from our clients, Impact School would continue to grow. And so through doing that, I mean, I don't know where you want to take this conversation now, but like (laughs) there was so much that happened. Please carry on. Yeah, there was just so much that happened in between doing everything in fitness with Strength Feed to then where we are now, such as trying to launch a leggings brand and losing a lot of money, trying to do drop shipping in e-commerce, having a fitness accessory brand, having a marketing agency. I don't even know if you know about that because that was after I dropped out of uni. There was so many things. I don't. Yeah, I mean, there was just so much that I tried and tested and it was all just a distraction. It was just all a distraction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to take a quick step back there to, you were talking about creating content and why people came to you and that's what they wanted. You've spoken in part about you having panic attacks and anxiety. And there'll be a lot of people who are looking to start their own business who need to put themselves out there. It strikes me as someone who would have struggled with anxiety and have panic attacks at those times to really put themselves out there. So a two pronged question how and why did you do it and what is your advice to those people who are not taking that leap of starting their own business yeah i mean i know the first question is probably going to be like why were you having panic attacks and i know that's what what's going through people's minds and one of the things tom that you're really good at by the way is like you always ask the question that you know the audience will be wondering themselves because you know how frustrating is it it is when you're listening Mm. to a podcast and they don't they don't do that and i think that's why we 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 have a great dynamic as well because we both actively are doing that like there are things i want to ask you as well i've got i got some stuff but so when people ask me like were you having panic attacks because you were worried or because of this or because of that like the answer is no i mean the reason why i was having panic attacks 
I still don't know to this day. I mean, I can explore the reasons why it could have potentially have been. And I know what triggered the entire situation starting was that I lost weight in a really unhealthy way. And this is ultimately what made me passionate to get into fitness, which then made me passionate to empower other people who are good at what they do, build their business and get clients and change people's lives. Because I know that if you can serve people well, then they're going to get the result and the outcome that they need to based upon your knowledge and your experience. And we see this with our clients at Impact School. And so for me, I lost weight super unhealthy. I mean, I was literally eating nothing and it was terrible. And when I started to feel dizzy, I started to have, a, I feel like I can't breathe. My heart starts racing and I started to feel like I was going to faint. And then that would make me spiral and spiral and spiral. And then I would have a panic attack. And then I was afraid of having a panic attack. So then I would start like eating loads of peanut butter or Nutella and bananas to try and give myself energy. And then I would feel like I need to burn it off, which would then make me feel more dizzy again. And it was just this massive, crazy cycle. And so mm. I... um a few years later, I was at a breathwork session with Stefano Sofantos and Christine Hassler, and we were all in this massive room in London. And I'd never done breathwork before. And I've always, previously to this moment, I had always been afraid of doing meditation or breathwork because I didn't like the feeling of having to focus on my breath because it made me feel like I was going to have a panic attack. And so essentially what happened was everyone was lying on the floor in this breathwork session and they started saying this can be as powerful as a psychedelic experience and so I'm there like oh what the hell is about to happen like I'm freaking out like I do not want to have a psychedelic experience by any means please this is not what I want and so anyways they start doing the breathwork and it's like you breathe in and then you go like like that right everyone's doing it and they told us before that some people are gonna start like their bodies will be shaking and people will be screaming and I'm just like okay whatever like this sounds like a I, I'm a I'm a former skeptic I mean you know this Tom <laughs> me too don't yeah. worry so everyone's doing it and I'm kind of like you're supposed to have your eyes closed the room's dark so can you just imagine right now if you just shut your eyes I mean if you're listening to this on the treadmill, please don't shut your eyes. But just imagine... It sounds a bit crazy, I'll be honest. Yeah. Even I'm a bit taken aback and... Imagine like 150 yeah. people lying on the floor in this massive, massive ballroom in a hotel in London. And then everyone's basically doing this. It's an hour and a half, the breath work, okay? And so suddenly start screaming and they're crying and they're... Sh and you're supposed to keep your eyes closed. But me being me, I'm... Again, remember, I'm like pretty much half having a panic attack at this point. I'm like looking around the room, like seeing people tremble and I'm just, oh my gosh. And you know what? Everyone always says breath work can ha give you the most profound, profound experience. I suddenly realized why I had been having panic attacks for so long. And it's because when I feel like I can't breathe, and when I feel like I'm losing control of my body, it reminds me of when I was four years old and I saw my brother have his first seizure because my brother's epileptic, Adam. And I always felt so helpless that I couldn't do anything to support him because his body is like he's, you know, he, he's fully out of control. And so mm. it became apparent to me 
the reason why I'm so afraid of that feeling of that I can't breathe because when he's having a fit he's like <gasps> it's like, it sounds like that but it's much louder and like if I try and do it it will genuinely hurt my throat and make me feel weird so it was just like this crazy realization for me and so I think like one of the most powerful things that I, I started doing in recent years was just stopping being so skeptical, honestly. Just trying to like relax into the fact that this personal development technique or this or that or this conversation or you know, just opening myself up to things, it can help you realize things about yourself that you previously hadn't known. And I think if I hadn't have, have realized that, then I wouldn't have been so open to just ident- I think when you start identifying the reason why you show up in certain situations and the reason why you start to retreat when you feel a certain way or you're having certain thoughts, it just allows you to further, again, show up as the person that you want to become and that you want to be. So for me, that was that was really important. And um, yeah, it just made me realize like, okay, when I'm doing breath work, like, well, firstly, I'm actually going to start doing this stuff. And secondly, if I'm starting to feel resistance to it, this is the reason why. And uh, yeah, that was pretty powerful. But your question, I can't remember it now. Sorry. Well, first and foremost, I'm a bit blown away and taken aback by that experience to think that something just like breath work Crazy. can truly, yeah, it's, it's something I've never really explored because like you I am a skeptic I've tried in loose terms meditation and even hypnosis which I know you're a huge advocate for as well and I've never truly got on with it however when I speak to people like yourself and people within the wider team at impact school who have tried it they are huge evangelists for it and I'm kind of thinking I need to try. Is it something you would recommend to myself and the listeners? Breathwork, I'd say do it with an instructor. Like go to an event or do right. something like that. Because, I mean, we have clients that actually teach breathwork. So maybe we can get them to do some mm-hmm. type of... Yeah, that would be awesome. But I think going there and doing it like in an in-person experience is like very powerful. Right. I think... Self-hypnosis, I mean, we have a, I think there's something on my YouTube channel, just Lauren Dickner, I think we have it. If it's not public, we can make it public. But I like Mm self-hypnosis, I mean, I think I got really attached to these things. Again, I don't think when you're attached to them and you feel like you have to do them every day, I don't think that's healthy. Like, I remember sometimes I would have a flight at like five in the morning and if I hadn't done my hypnosis, I'd be really worried that I'd have a panic attack on the flight. So I actually, I've now, we should do some clickbait YouTube video about this, like, why I stopped hypnosis, but I don't do it every day anymore. And right. I don't feel the need to do it every day. I I now, now what my, my strategy is like, I, every other day recently, I've been going in the sauna after I've done like cardio for an hour and I've been doing HRV breathing, which is four seconds in, six seconds out. And I've been doing that for 10 minutes. That's what I've been doing now. But I think, again, like people hear these things. And I used to think this too. I used to hear like Tim Ferriss say that he does this, this, and this. And I think that I'd had to do it for the rest of my life. So then my morning routine was like an hour long. And that's not productive. So now what I do, I usually get up. I'll go straight on my laptop. I'll work for like an hour. And then I'll go to the gym. And that's what I do. Yeah, I check my email like straight away in the morning. Everyone says don't do that, but I need to. 
right? <laughs> I need to do that. You can't just not do that if mm. you are trying to run a business. I need to check Slack. I need to see what my team's doing. I need to see if there's anything urgent. It's unrealistic, right? If you're living in this right. utopian fantasy world where all you do is write books and make content, then cool. But for the most part, it's it's genuinely unrealistic to do that. And that's another opinion that I think I've changed. And that's the cool thing about life. You can change your opinions and it doesn't make you a fake or anything. It's just you've changed your opinions based upon new evidence, right? Like people used to think that, <laughs> people used to think that, I don't know, the world was flat. I mean, some people still think that, but you know what I mean? New evidence equals new reality equals new way of living. I love that. I love that. And that brings me back to kind of the original question there, which is a lot about public perception and putting yourself out there and being willing to take on criticism and put yourself in the public eye. So when you did start Strength Feed and were a fitness coach there, that must have been a challenging time. I mean, of course, there have been different challenges that you've gone through, but you really really put yourself out there you were vulnerable people saw who you really were and I know that's also evolved over the past four or five years but what prompted you to put yourself out there and be so vulnerable and do you have any advice for people who are looking to get going but are scared of their public perception to be an entrepreneur and start their own business which I know for a fact is something that you struggled with while you were in your late teens, 15, 16, and some guys were not very nice about it as well. So talk me through that. Yeah, so I remember I was changing school because I just was. My school finished at age 13, so I had to go to a new school. And basically, I remember being at this party and these guys were all chanting like, Mackie D's, Mackie D's, Mackie D's about me. Because I used to have a shiny forehead and like I was slightly overweight <laughs> and so it was it was really mean but then those same guys when they first found my fitness instagram account they started making posts on their own like normal instagram account literally just mocking me saying like thank you fitness life lauren for my 90 day fitness meal plan and all this stuff because back then my username was fitness life lauren and um it's so funny because that's obviously what i ended up actually making and I made a lot of money from my 90-day fitness meal plan. So, you know, mm. I guess they manifested it for me. <laughs> but for some reason, I was so embarrassed. And honestly, looking back now, I, ju I, I just don't know why. I mean, I think it's just like that mm -hmm. whole mentality of wanting to fit in with the crowd, right? Like when you're a teenager, especially, you want to. And so it's funny because I have a lot of friends now who have kids that age which is so weird to even think and say because it feels like that was like yesterday but but <laughs> I just say to them look like your kids out there doing their thing you know they're actually gonna be building so many skills going out there and doing that and I think For everything sure. that I do now every situation that comes up it's just personal development everything's personal development everything mm -hmm. everything is a moment for personal development like i left my room key like apartment key it's, it's like a, a hotel key because it's a hotel apartment thing but i left that in my room yesterday with my phone <laughs> and so i knew i was already running kind of you know running tight for time but i knew that if i had to go down to the reception get a new key card and then come back up it was gonna put me back like 
seven, eight minutes because it's, you know, Dubai, it's tall towers here. And so I was like, oh, for God's sake. I thought that for a second. And then I was like, this is a really good opportunity for growth. This is a really, really great moment mm. of growth. And so I just said to myself, huh, okay, let's practice my patience. So I went down and I was thinking to myself, this is teaching me something about myself that when I'm rushing, I'm forgetful and I should plan ahead. And then that's the lesson that I had. And simultaneously, like when, I mean, there's, that's obviously a really small situation, but when really bad things happen, it is just personal development. And when you start to treat it like personal development, nothing is a bad thing. Nothing. It's like when you take a sales school and they don't close, who cares? You build your system to make it better mm-hmm. for next time. People get so attached to like the mini outcome of every single situation, but it, it, it just doesn't matter. Like it, it just doesn't matter. And I kind of see it as like a way to improve my process every time something screws up, I just, it, you know? And so the other thing on that, just regarding putting yourself out there on social media, I just think that deciding with your audience how do you want to make them feel and what outcome do you want to empower them to create in their lives and just sticking to that i think i've made the mistake in the past of trying to do everything and to talk about all different things but it's just confusing people and at the end of the day like if you're trying to build an audience i think what i wish i'd have done sooner was think about it more of as as a business versus just building an audience earlier on because I don't know, I see this happen all the time. Like even some of my friends here in Dubai, they have massive followings on social media, but they're just not trying to build a business and all they want is more likes and more comments and more followers and more subscribers. And then they're constantly like, oh yeah, well I just need need to get more views so I can make more ad revenue. But that's really like a really weak Mm. business model. They had something for them. I mean, remember, you know, the whole thing, the reason why I got started on what I do now is because me and all my friends suddenly get dropped by Gymshark. You remember that? Like, imagine if, imagine. Yeah. Imagine if I hadn't have had my own business, you know? What would I be, how would I be making money? That's why they, that's why I helped them do that for themselves. And then that was just how Impact School was born. So that brings me on to the next question. So Impact School is your baby. And I didn't even realize that that was one of the catalysts to creating it. So my question is, why create it? Why Impact School? Yeah, I mean, so I was doing really well from the fitness ebooks and the fitness coaching. And I kept seeing loads of my friends try and start these supplement lines or these fitness accessory and clothing lines. And I, through having, you know, lost a lot of money from doing all that other stuff, I just knew how much easier fitness coaching was. I mean, there's no money required for the initial investment. And you don't really need any help to begin with. Like, you can do it yourself. And so when everyone all got dropped, I had a few people come to me. And I won't mention their names because, like, I I just don't know if they, they would want to. But I'm still good friends with them now. They were essentially like, Lauren, look, how are you, how are you still traveling? Because they were used to getting a nice salary from from Gymshark. And so I gave them a few pointers and I was like, just do this, this, and this. This is how to build your funnel. This is how to build your email list. And they didn't even know about building an email list. And so after I helped them, they started sharing it on their Snapchat, what they were doing. 
And so then their friends that were also fitness coaches or fitness influencers started asking them like, okay, so how did you know how to build that? How did you make this this page? Like, what is that? How do, you know, who did you hire to do that? Like, who's collabing with you? Who are you promoting, you know, to show that you built that they built your website and you're going to shout them out instead? That's just what people were asking them because that's what, you know, you're so used to having as, as an influencer. People just give you everything for free. And they were like, oh, no, Lauren helped me do this. They were like, what? <laughs> and so that was really it. And then I started realizing, wow, I mean, a lot of people want this. And so because they were kind of friends of friends, I started helping them. But then I had all these these personal trainers. And again, it started in fitness. And I know this conversation has been very fitness heavy, but that's just because we're talking about like the come up as it were, because, uh, you know, it was all it was fitness to begin with. Yeah. I mean, this period of your life is instrumental to where you are now. This is the birthing of it if you will mm-hmm. exactly and so 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 yeah like I, I just started helping them and then because of all the posts they were making on snapchat and stuff yeah all these personal trainers who were just personal trainers in the gym they started asking me for okay how did you help them do it and they thought that I was helping them build their personal brand and I was like no 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 they came to me when they already had a big following like I can't really help you. I don't, I don't really know how to do this. And then I was like, okay, screw it. Let's, let's, and I saw this one guy who actually lives as well here in Dubai now. He's, he's a good friend too, but he was selling an online course about how to build a personal brand. And he had like, I don't know, 12,000 followers on IG. I was like, he doesn't know how to build a personal brand as good as I do. And so I was like, okay, well I can build a course on personal branding. And then I launched an online course. And that was really the catalyst to all of this was actually just taking that messy action and building that online course, launching it before I'd even built the whole thing because I didn't want to make the mistake that I'd made at uni when I spent months building out a fitness program and then no one ended up buying it because it just wasn't a good product market fit. So I put the (laughs) offer out there, I got people to pay with their credit cards and then I built the course. And yeah, it it was really bad. If I look back at it, it's terrible. But hey, you know what? People liked it at the time, gave them good information. And it was really the way in which I, I further discovered like the need for this stuff in the online world. I think that's amazing. And Impact School has gone on to impact and improve the lives of so many people. And this question is one that I've been wanting to ask. And it's this. What is the one thing that Impact School has done for a client that you truly didn't expect? Who? And I know it's a tough question because you have set out with this mission to change people's lives and give them what they need and you've come into close contact with all of them so it must be difficult and that's why I asked it well I actually haven't come into close contact with all of our clients because we have so many clients now right and so Mm. I think I just, I mean, look, things happen all the time that I don't expect. (laughs) Like, for me, it's normal now to see a client go from zero to like 30 grand a month, 
40 grand like that's normal like the financial side of things that's normal like it's very common for us to get those results for clients I, I i really think that just the magnitude and the speed in which people's entire livelihoods can just totally change that's never something that i kind of expect just because it's it's yeah it's so powerful but like i, I want to answer your one question you know what is one result that I genuinely just didn't expect? And the thing that just keeps coming to my mind is, I mean, we have this Raj Sharma, he's a client who owns a huge company called GovShop, right? And he also has public spend for him and various other businesses. I mean, we helped him add multiple hundreds of thousands to his business each and every month, but that's not the most profound thing about it right the most profound way in which we supported him was through his own inner game and stepping into the level of leadership like he literally thanks us myself and nor for empowering him to become the leader and even the husband and father that he feels like he was leaving on the table and that is something i mean that is really amazing considering he's an extremely extremely highly regarded businessman and so for him to say that to you know two girls that are pretty young right it's just and he's already making tens of millions it's just that that's that's very amazing and i think it's just like empowering people to actually realize for themselves how important their message and their area is because I think sometimes when you're so focused on the business, the hustle, the day-to-day, you can lose sight of ultimately like why you got started with this and like what's the purpose of it all. And so I would say that's probably one of the biggest ones. But then there's other ones like I mentioned Charmaine earlier, helping people reverse type 2 diabetes. Like she's literally saving people's lives. There's another client of ours called Sue. She has a specific method of training nurses on CPR. And so she ended up selling that to, to like dozens or even hundreds of these hotel, uh, hotels, hospitals in the USA. And now those nurses are able to save people's lives. I think it cuts off like four minutes of the entire procedure. And in that four minute period, you wouldn't believe how many people actually unfortunately die. So she is again, saving yeah, thousands terrible. of lives through that. And so it's like, when you look at the real world application, cause it's kind of like, there's two degrees of, of separation, right? There's us helping the client change their life, but then there's us helping the client who then helps their client. And for me, the part which like I constantly have to remind myself of is okay, yes, helping our clients, we know that by now, like we know the results that we'll get, but then it's like how they help their clients. I mean, that is everything. That's amazing. I, I think it's so fantastic to hear all these client stories and testimonials because you've had a part in that and to see that they've truly transformed aspects of their life personally and professionally i mean i know what it's like for you when you wake up in the morning and you see new testimonials and you get these messages come in about how they've done something amazing and i see the smile on your face and the excitement because that brings me on to you know, why, what's your driving force? Why do you do what you do? And I know there's a surface level answer here 
And I know there are some deeper stuff to explore that I think you haven't shared with a lot of people. So I'd like you to dive into that. Mm. Oof, yeah, I mean, I think at first, and I think your why and your reason why shifts and changes as, as time goes on. At first, in, For sure. at first in fitness, I was genuinely just frustrated by all the bullshit information that there is. I mean, there is just so much crap in that industry. Do you remember when I tweeted back to um, those people from, I don't know, what's that TV show? Something like, something like Towie, the other one with Charlotte. Um, yeah, it went sure. huge on BBC, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a huge BBC article from, like, about uh, Charlotte from Geordie Shaw. Yeah, <laughs> and so they were tweeting all about like these skinny tees and stuff. And I was just so frustrated. Like, people are falling for this and it's causing them to have eating disorders. Like, how can you possibly ethically share this information? So that was that at first. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to what we do with Impact School, the reason I do it, I just know that we can, with our information and with what we know, we can empower millions of people to empower tens and hundreds of millions of lives and change that many lives i just know we can like i have so much certainty behind it but at the same time i'm always willing to learn and grow and improve okay so there's like this certainty inside but then also this hunger to continuously get better that's one of the principles that we have at impact school right that kaizen that continuous improvement and so i think like really simply because i know that we can as a collective i know i know that we can on a deeper level because there are so many people in this world who are learning from people that aren't the best at teaching. And if we can empower the teachers to teach based upon their knowledge and expertise and remove all of the roadblocks that would otherwise prevent them from sharing their knowledge, their experience, their expertise, teaching them how to package what's in their head up into frameworks so that then they can apply that to hundreds and thousands of lives, well, that is gonna help so many more people grow and evolve. And then on another level, I mean, if we're going a bit more deep, again, I grew up with a younger brother who had his freedom stripped away from him at birth, right? And so when you yep. see that, and when you see someone who can't eat, so they have a tube in their stomach, feeding them with this liquid, when you see someone that can't walk and they have to be in a wheelchair, when you see someone that can barely talk and says like five words a day, who has to have at least one-on-one -on -one care at all times, who's having seizures, who has been on medication since two years old that has actually damaged his brain, it makes me want to help the people that can help other people because then... <sighs> Look, if you have the ability and you actually physically and mentally can do something, I genuinely think, and this is quite a strong opinion, but I genuinely think it's offensive to the people who can't from actually going out there and doing something. Like my brother, he literally can't do it. Like he actually can't. And you, you could, when you look at him in the eye and you see him engaging in the conversation, he's autistic, right? So I can see that he's really smart and he tries to talk so hard, but he just can't. And it's frustrating for him. It's like when you see a little baby trying to walk or talk, they just can't do it, but they want to, right? Same thing. And so if you have the ability to do something and if you, you, you do have the freedom of choice, then you should go out there 
and get it done. And look, some people are okay living a life of mediocrity and, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And they're okay living a life where it's like a simple life. And if you're genuinely okay with that, then cool. So be it. But if you are, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. You would not be listening to this right. podcast, right? You would just be doing something a little more passive. And so that's where I am very aware of the people that are attracted to our content, to the Impact School podcast, to my stuff on social. And I know the audience and I know that they want more. And so I'm going to do everything in my best interest to actually empower them to do so. Because, yeah, that's my that's my reason why. Well, I think I can safely say from both myself and those who are listening, just to say thank you for sharing with our, that with us. I know that it's something super important to you and it's a massive driving force and something that I only found out a few weeks ago because I do a lot of stuff with branding on the Impact School side as to why we use the colour purple and why that's so important to you. Do you want to tell the users why? Uh, the listeners why, sorry? Yeah, I actually didn't know that you didn't know that because I chose the colour purple mm. when I was making Strength Feed because I had to have a logo. And so I wanted to pick a colour that was ultimately important to me and that, yeah, I mean, purple is the colour for epilepsy. And so I, I decided, I made a decision back then that no matter what business I ever have in the future, I will always have some type of purple there. Because at the end of the day, I think my ultimate vision, like I want to make a meaningful impact when it comes to the lives of people who have disabled children um, in the world of epilepsy or just, you know, disability in general. Because I think so many people are miss. Like, so many people are just judged, you know? Just judged for being different. That's all, that, that's it. They're just different. It's, you know, you can't help it if you're disabled. And you shouldn't need to even try and say, oh, but I can't help it. It's just, I remember I'd be in restaurants. Like, I would literally be in restaurants and the, my brother would be crying because there's this thing called non-convulsive status, which is basically where you are having a permanent seizure, but you're not, like, convulsing, right? Which is why it's called non-convulsive. Mm-hmm. And he'd be crying and it's because you can tell he's in some type of pain or some anguish. They kick us out of restaurants, right? And like, he wouldn't even be too loud. Like we take him outside for a bit, but people would just say that it was it was disturbing. And so having gone through that, I think it just, if people are different, then great. You know, that's, that's the beautiful thing about life, right? It'd be boring as hell if everyone was the same. And um, yeah, absolutely. So that's why the purple color is important to me. And I think, you know, when you have something that's really meaningful and important to you, like even when I when I run, for example, I hate running, but I always think to myself, my brother would dream to be able to run right now, and then I run faster. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, it's hard for me to empathize having not been through that, but I think a lot of people will be. I mean, we see so many clients coming through Impact School who are truly doing what they do because of a deeper internal reason and one of the things that we say even internally at impacts all about it being our moral duty and obligation to serve because we see people who haven't been and haven't been able to have that freedom mm. and i love it when you say that it's a real driving force for me when we have that in internal meetings and talking about that 
how can we best serve people it is our moral duty and obligation to create something that makes a better life for everyone and you touched on the idea of compounding if we can just affect this circle they'll go on to affect more people will go on to affect more people and just create a better place and that's what you're doing at impact school and what you've created here and hopefully it will go on to we and it will go on to impact even more people as we grow and progress it right yeah and you know what's funny is that i never even intended for the business to be called impact school so the podcast was called impact school and then i had programs right i had different courses and programs and one of them back in the day was called impact through influence and then i don't really know why i remember yeah i just was like oh wait why don't we call the business impact school it's like the podcast and yeah so it actually started with the podcast being called impact school and then it became the name of the business and so now here we are again back on the pod getting the content out there amazing yeah it's great to be back it's so nice and refreshing to have this impact school podcast back and sharing this these knowledge bombs with everyone is awesome yeah i know and so um (laughs) good timing great timing I think that was deserved, actually. I think that was a good point to have a, have a it's celebration. So Why is it so long? <laughs> oh, I, I was, like, pressing it as you were saying that, but it just it was so delayed. That's because it's still in beta. But, like, you know what's interesting for me? Because, obviously, now you're part of the Impact School team. For me, it's interesting to, you know, you've come from the outside, and I think it would be cool to hear some of the things that, have been surprising to you about this whole world of online coaching, online courses, info products and such? Because it's not necessarily the world that you ever foresaw, foresaw yourself playing in. So it'd be cool to hear your kind of take on that. I think there are a couple of things from both a technical perspective and almost like a psychological or mental perspective. And it's how many people out there are leaving opportunity on the table. Mm. I think that's the one thing that I've noticed more than anything. It's that we live currently in a society where so many people have things that they are wanting, I think is the key word, to offer and share, but don't know how, don't have the right outlet, don't have the right mechanisms or tools or inspiration or influence to make that happen Mm. and being able to do that at impact school is really empowering because we're allowing people to create something that makes them feel incredible but makes others feel incredible as well and help people and you know me i am so set on doing something that is meaningful and that has purpose i've always been like that And what I've noticed is that more and more people are wanting to do that too. They just don't know how and they get ripped off by so many other people and they're spending money in the wrong places and they're getting demoralized. And so many people who do come to us have had bad experiences before and it's just painful to see them in pain getting over the bad experiences where they've been burnt by a bad coach or been promised the world and then they've not delivered on them i know internally for us and we even express it as well to everyone else it's just 
we hate it. It's so frustrating and it makes us sad and angry. And again, this is why we feel it's a moral obligation and duty to make sure that that doesn't happen. And we've got some really exciting things going on now, which means that we can hopefully and will impact more people to stop that happening. So internally, from that perspective, it's something that I never really knew. I used to be a bit cynical and a bit of a skeptic as well and think some of the online coaches and programming and businesses were just a bit farcical they They were just trying to grab your money and they are and they are so coming into impact school and seeing that it's entirely different entirely was both eye-opening and inspirational as well you know you have come on board and thought yeah we're really doing something quite special here and it's great to see those client wins like you had earlier I find it really hard to get attached to those, but you do. The clients that come in, you are really wanting them to win when you're on calls. And I know some of the master coaches, they talk so freely and openly about how much they love the clients and what they're doing. And it's not just business, it is life. These are people's lives that we're almost investing in, right? And that's a privileged position to be in. We are being let into part of someone's personal being and helping them on their path to do something that they never thought they could. And seeing that happen is honestly, there's nothing really like it. It's almost like you've got so many children that you're looking after at the same time and it's super fulfilling because they're so excited to just take those steps to achieve amazing things. And yeah, it's like having your own little family, big family, which is growing and growing, which I love. I love it because we have like our team as our family and then we also have our clients. Mm. It's so true though, isn't it? And that's the beautiful thing that our clients also feel about their clients too. You really can build this unbelievable community and that's something that we truly advise people to do because like I said earlier, people come for an outcome and then they stay for that community and that accountability and it's that trusting community that are going to be there for you and hold you accountable to that high standard that you set for yourself or that you're ultimately you know initially coming for that's what when you can build that into your way in which you support your clients for anyone listening to this right now that's so powerful and I know you know we could talk all day long about the tactical stuff but just yesterday Tom you know I was telling you I did a podcast episode with Suzanne we're gonna have to get that reposted because that's all the tactical side of things that you know we could speak about here today so make sure if you haven't hit subscribe already and by the way Tom I want to ask you this when you share a podcast that you're listening to with someone what like, mm-hmm. why do you share it typically I'll say it'll change your life it'll change your life you, if you don't listen to this you're doing yourself a disservice mm because there are so many key takeaways. And I think that's a really key thing is action steps. It'll change the way you think and it will change what you do. That's why I share podcasts. And I mean, I listen to loads, but there will only be a select few that I'll share because they're truly valuable. And I'm sure the people listening are the same. So 
share this one. Mm, yeah, well, because I always think like when someone shares something, it's because they themselves will look better for sharing it, right? And so what I mm. think is what my aim to be with Impact School podcast is that we create so many moments in which someone is gonna look better themselves if they share it because it's such an inspiring or uplifting or informational podcast episode, then they're gonna wanna share it because I don't have any intentions to run any ads on here. Honestly, I want this to be genuinely really good content. And so the way that we're gonna be able to grow is through anyone listening to this right now, just sharing this, sharing a link to this with with a friend or or anyone that you know that, that could benefit from it. I mean, I, I always say, and I share this on my stories, I say smart people share smart content. And so if this if this is helpful, mm. then you know sharing it is gonna be, we just appreciate it a lot, honestly. Um, but okay, so Tom, next, 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 next topic. So where do we get to? We were talking about why you created Impact School, which we went on for a long time and it's great to get a deeper insight. But there are lots of things that come with being an entrepreneur and having a business. It's heavily, heavily glamorized. Films like The Wolf of Wall Street and stuff like that make it seem amazing. But I want to ask, what was your darkest day as an entrepreneur? Take me back to that. I'm in my first week in Dubai. And at this moment, I'm on holiday because I was never planning to move here. I hadn't yet discovered there's no tax in Dubai. If you want more information on that, by the way, I've got a full YouTube video, so you can check that out. But I'm in the gym, classic, and I'm with a friend of mine who you also know, Marnie. And Marnie's there with a boy, not her current boyfriend. Sorry to her current boyfriend. Um, This is before you. (laughs) This is before your days. And so she's training with this dude, and, like, I'm done on my session. This is kind of when I was doing more circuits, so my workouts were only, like, 35, 40 minutes. And... I go on my phone to check my email and it's a Sunday morning. So it's pretty dead. And then I notice this one particular, very concerning headline saying, congrats, your podcast has successfully been deleted. And so I open the email and I'm trained in phishing because when I was working in asset management, They specifically made us go through this entire course of internet safety to make sure that you wouldn't click links in phishing emails. PH phishing, not phishing with an F. So Mm -hmm. I strategically check the from email to see who it was from. And lo and behold, it's from the exact domain in which I was hosting my podcast, the correct website. So... I still didn't want to click the link though because this was too extreme. So I went on my phone and logged into the actual thing and I see, yeah, like all the episodes are gone. My entire podcast is gone. And so I tried to respond to the email, but first I was like, okay, let me just check on, on the podcast app on my phone and on Spotify. I refresh all the episodes are gone and the name had been changed to something really weird like I see you what you're doing something weird like that with loads of capitals and location yeah and so I then tried to reply on email to the hosting company and the emails bouncing like the email won't go through 
And it says, Lauren at Impact School is an invalid email. And so I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I'm calling up some people from my team, like, guys, I need your help right now. But it's Sunday morning, so no one's replying to me. And then a couple minutes later, Noor gets online. And she's actually at a friend's birthday brunch or something somehow, even though it's really early in the morning. Thank heavens for her. And so she was like, okay, send me a test email. Again, bounces, nothing. She tries her email, nor at impactschool.com. Nothing, doesn't work. Our entire domain had been hacked as well. So all of my podcast episodes are gone. My entire Impact School website is gone. All of the emails which are linked to that domain, gone. Gone. And I'm right now on a Sunday morning in some random area in Dubai that I don't know. I don't have data. I'm trying to make my data work. It's not working. And then I just remember like thinking, I've literally lost it all. I had spent years having 100 plus episodes of the podcast, interviews with people like Ed Milet, Grant Cardone, just all these big names. It was all gone. The entire website, it had been built. It was really expensive. It was all nice. It was perfect. Gone. All the emails, gone. And I just couldn't even fathom what I needed to do. And so I'm in the mall of the Emirates, by the way. So we ended up going for lunch so I could try and sort this thing out. And I remember being sat there in the restaurant. And Marnie had known me since when I was having pretty bad panic attacks. And she was just like, I am just amazed at your reaction right now. You are so calm. You are so calm. I was just set on fixing the problem. All I was thinking in my head was that this is a good test right now. This is a good test. You have your email list. You have your Instagram. You have your reputation. And so I know that if I lost everything, I was just immediately thinking, how can I rebuild? How can I rebuild? What am I going to do? How can I rebuild? And so, yeah, I mean, look, one of the, this, this right now, the fact that we're doing this now is still a repercussion from that exact day, 13th of September, 2020. It is still coming from there because we wouldn't be refilming this one episode because I lost my momentum. I genuinely lost my momentum mm. from the podcast. And then the other week, I went back to the Mall of the Emirates because I went skiing because there's a ski slope there. And even when I walked in, I felt this heavy weight on my chest. And so I just, I was, I was with someone there and I explained what had happened before. And then he was like, wow, I'm surprised that you're not, you know, like kind of feeling kind of quite stressed. And I was like, I know, I, I feel, I do feel this weird feeling. I do feel this weird feeling just because I was going back to that. All I could think about when I was there is like, okay, I was here when that happened. I was here when that happened. What we ended up doing was I needed to get into my hosting account of where I had all my domains and stuff. And so it was all in GoDaddy. So I didn't have my login to GoDaddy. I had a tech guy who was in London. And so I managed to get in contact with him a couple of hours later. He was online. Anyway, we he's like phoning them up. We go on a group cool because they won't let him into my account on the support request because it had to be me and so I'm like on this phone call giving my digits and stuff and then it turns out because I was like what is the IP like where was this person logging in get me all of the 
the, the user logs of what they were doing. I got the IP address. I searched the IP address. I went in my contracts with my ex-team members. And it was the exact same small town in this place in Chile where the guy was that did the hack. Wow. And the craziest thing about it was that in order to get into both the podcast and the GoDaddy, it had two-factor authentication on it. So he somehow bypassed two-factor authentication, which was on my my authentication app on my phone. I do not know how he did that to this day. Crazy. And so this is just a lesson for anyone in insecurity. Now that's why we have such tight security on everything. Because back then, I wasn't... You know, I, I didn't know that that was even possible. I did not know that that was possible to bypass it like that. Didn't have backups of anything, nothing. And so I had to rebuild. Like, that's why, again, we're, we're still rebuilding the website now. Again, we're, we're making it better, um, but it's not where it should have been because it just didn't become a priority. So that was the single worst day of my business history. And... I think now that I've been through that, you know, bad stuff happens. I mean, I've had situations with people that have been actually worse than that because I felt personally, like, attacked or just not been talked to in a very nice way. And that's triggered, like, you know, certain things in in me, which I have questioned myself as a leader. But this, for me, was the worst. I mean, it was just, it was horrible, horrible day. That... I've heard that story before, not in as quite as much detail, but every time it still shocks me to my core. And I think how you manage to remain so stoic in that situation is just admirable. It's terrible. And it's a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. That must have had an adverse effect on your ability to trust would that be fair to say (laughs) yes (laughs) oh my gosh talk to me about that (laughs) oh yeah that's so true because before that i was way too trusting and i would give off way Mm -hmm. too much over to other people i would let them do whatever they wanted just as they thought it would be best and from this moment yeah i mean look i was so jaded and nor would say the same thing too i mean i am I am so grateful for that girl, like, you would not even believe. Like, gosh, she is just incredible. I, I just don't even she know is. what to say. I, I just, I need to, like, I, I tell her this every day, but, like, you know, I just need her to come on the podcast so people can see why she's so amazing. But <sighs> trusting for me is an interesting one. I think sometimes I think that my lack of trustingness is good because it prevents stuff like this from happening. Other times I think it's bad because I think it prevents me from building relationships that I would otherwise have explored. A lot of times I'm pretty unwilling to actually let people in close. I'll build great relationships like from the outset. It was it was crazy. Like I was at this event on the weekend and I had a couple guys come up to me and this was so sweet because they, they really didn't have to do that but they were just like, you know Lauren, a lot of people have told me this weekend that you're one of the most nice, inspiring, intelligent, and thought-provoking people that they've ever spoken to. Because I don't think that about myself. 
Like they were like, you ask such great questions. Like you're really engaged in the conversation. And like, that was like, like even, even accepting that compliment for me is really difficult. Like it's really difficult to accept that because I don't see that in myself. Like I see that in you, Tom. Mm -hmm. Like I really see that in you. Like I said to you when we went to that event that first time I was like, gosh, the way that you engage with people is just, it's really amazing. Your, your stamina with it as well is bloody incredible. And I think like, I find it hard. Like I, it's really difficult for me to answer this question about trust. Cause like, I will have very open conversations with people and very vulnerable conversations. But when it comes to trusting them with certain things, like I will not trust anyone other than you and then maybe a couple of other people like Noor, like my dad, a couple of others to bring me a drink. Like, I know that sounds like so ridiculous. I remember. Yeah. You want to tell them? So Lauren had... Uh, So for some previous context, we were still coming out of the pandemic in the UK, which is where I am currently. Lauren had previously been in the States, I believe, and had come over to London for a few months. And we met up and we went for some drinks with some friends. And then we somehow ended up in a bar somewhere, I think in near Chelsea, I believe it was. I think it was embargoes or something like that oh which says a lot that, about us that was quite recent actually <laughs> mm, yeah so it wasn't too long ago and i bought her a drink without thinking twice and she kind of gave me a look and i was thinking oh that's that's interesting and later on only did i know that she said i don't let anyone buy drinks for me and I was thinking, what on earth are you talking about? You don't let like, people buy drinks for you. I don't trust anyone to buy a drink for me. What have they done with it? Where has it been? They could have put something in it. And for me, that seemed like such a natural thing. And because we've known each other for so long, I thought, stop being crazy. But then I realized, you know, how deep rooted some of these issues can go and the ability to trust people. It, it's tough. It's really important. And I've definitely fell victim to that before as well. And I think it's finding that fine balance between almost having a radar, Mm. right? Having a radar of what people are like. Are there red flags? You know, what are they like outside of the relationship that they have with you, whether that be personal or professional? And gauging that is super important. And especially when it comes to building a team, Mm. which is something that you've really grown over the past year is bringing more people on board and I imagine that's been a huge lesson in building and developing your trust again and your ability to coax out what is the good qualities in a person to have again both personally and professionally I know we talked about this on a call the other day as well so talk to me about what things that you've learned from those trusting experiences and not trusting experiences and what you think is really important to look for in individuals when you're trying to build a team. First things first, when you gave me that drink, by the way, it's not because I don't trust you and you know this, but it's because I don't trust people around mm-hmm. you, right? That's it. Like I, When I'm in a club or something like that, I need to see it being poured. I need to because I just don't trust it. And I think this really comes down, like, this whole thing with drinks 
again, it comes down to that fear of losing control of my body or ultimately my mind. Yeah. Right. And that's something for me is is deep, deep, deep rooted in this whole situation with panic attacks and seeing my brother. And so, yeah, it, it is really, really deep rooted. Second thing um, regarding, you know, trusting and, and the things that I look for, it comes down to values alignment. I mean, you see that in our team. What, what would you say some of the, the common values are that our team holds and the traits in which they all have? Because, you know, you, you, you witnessed this as well. So I'd love to hear that from you. I think one of the central things that I've noticed that is a commonality across the team is empathy. I think the ability to show and have empathy and be vulnerable Mm. is huge and that's what I've noticed a lot and it's why they're so good at what they do in the business that we run and I think that empathy and compassion and vulnerability are three traits that go a long way to saying a lot about a person and it's also how do people show up when you're not there how do they speak of you when you're not there and I think that's a really key thing that I've seen amongst everyone at Impact School. And that's why we love working together. It's as simple as that. And I think value alignment is a really big thing because that will take you further than any hard skill ever will. Mm. Ever. You can be fantastic at something. You can be super skilled. But if you are really hard to work with and your values don't align, the longevity of that relationship is questionable so true so true and so how, how do you feel when someone's being vulnerable with you i think it's brave and i think it provides a platform to come up with better solutions because if you can't talk about the hard things how can you ever overcome and achieve great things so that's how you think that's what i would say that's how you think about that's how i think mm. how do i feel oh hitting me with the deep questions when someone's vulnerable with me i think it's a two-part thing i think it says a lot about the person themselves that they are vulnerable but that they are able to be vulnerable with you and i am the quote king so i'll bring another one out here but cicero who was advisor to uh julius caesar he talks about good relationships can only exist between good people right he wrote that thousands of years ago and i think that's something that still rings true and there's something to do with an internal feeling as well as vulnerability on both sides can really contribute to creating a relationship that has the ability to move forward and create something quite fantastic personally and professionally. We should stress that. It makes me feel that... It's not so much trust, but that there is an ability to sympathise and empathise with one another. 
which I I know these are soft skills and this is where I really pride myself. But it is just creating a platform that is safe, shame-free, and where you can talk about things as openly and honestly as you can because without that, you don't necessarily come to a great outcome. We have hard conversations at Impact School about what we're doing, why are things not being achieved, why aren't things getting done, if things aren't going the way that we want them to, how do we do that? And if there is no trust or ability to be vulnerable in those conversations, things get left on the table and stones don't get turned. Mm. And that's super important within a business that you're able to do that with your team. Mm. That's beautiful. And make it feel like a space where you can speak. I think as well, Tom, like the way that you, you hold a very safe container and I feel that that empowers people to feel that they can be vulnerable with you. And so mm. I think it's a real, like, as you said, it's a very, a very, it's a very important skill to have actually. And I think it can be seen, for some reason it's seen as like, yeah, a soft skill. I don't think it's soft. I think it's one of the most important and, and powerful things. Mm. I know that's just the phrasing that, you know, people have, but I think people, you know, if, if they, if they're struggling with being vulnerable and improving these certain skills they should absolutely reach out to you as well on instagram because i think you can really provide a lot of a lot of support to people or even in the facebook group right like it's these are questions sure. which we're, we'd be open to having conversations about here on this podcast because yeah like i think at least for me when someone's vulnerable with me the, the way that it makes me feel is that i can be vulnerable back to them and i can open back up to them and i can actually trust in them because they're willing to let me in on the parts of themselves that they wouldn't usually like to expose. And I truly believe that when you can have that type of open relationship with someone, not open <laughs> open relationship in like the, you know, mm-hmm. romantic type of way, but in this type of <clears throat> trusting way, it allows for greater depth and greater connection. And then it's a more deep rooted and robust partnership ultimately it's the way i see it i love that i love that yeah it's i think it's something that people don't value enough mm. when it comes to building relationships in whatever capacity they may be but uh wow it's weird having the hard-hitting questions turned back on me so i'm gonna turn them back again Let's get it. so this is the penultimate one If in 150 years' time, science fails us all and all that's left is a book about your life, what would the title be and what would the blurb tell us about Lauren Tickner? Oh, damn, maybe I should have read the questions beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) I did ask you, you decided not to. Okay, the title... From what I know now about everything that I know and that I've done and, and that where I feel like I can truly add value, my book title would be called The Moment of Growth and the blurb would be how to push, no that's a bad word, how to Let's think. Okay. I can't come up with a quick, nice one-liner, unfortunately. But essentially, 
it would be all about those times in which you witness yourself about to make a decision that you know is not the best decision for you. So if you're trying to lose weight, when you start to go towards the kitchen to go and grab something, but it's just going to be a little nibble, so it's not going to count, or when you see yourself in a conversation backing out of saying what you really want to say because you don't feel like it's necessary at that moment, even though it will be in the future, or when you're about to make a post on social media, but you're too afraid to hit the enter, so you delete it all and just post a quote instead. When you're able to witness yourself at that moment making the decision that you ultimately know isn't going to serve you in getting towards where you want to get to, that is when you're able to step in and challenge yourself and hold yourself accountable to that. I truly believe that in this moment, this is when you either take one step closer to the person that you're ultimately meant to be to become more you, or you're taking one step further away to falling into that shadow self And that shadow lifestyle, like Stephen Pressfield talks about, that unfortunately 99% of the world stays stuck in. And so when when you're able to hold yourself accountable and to use that moment, which feels so small and minute as a moment of growth, challenge yourself and get yourself out of your comfort zone, that's how you can create the ultimate freedom. And I... I I would tie in topics all related about how if you feel like you want to do something in your life that's beyond just what is a typical life, right? If you have this little feeling about it, it really is, it is your obligation to go out there and make it happen for yourself. Because again, like I said before about my brother, there are so many people in this world who physically can't and mentally can't actually take advantage of these moments of growth. Because they don't have a choice. And, and these moments pile up, right? 100%. Stacking, Compound. Stacking mugs. I think that's amazing. And I truly believe we'll be seeing that book on shelves one day. New York Times bestseller, baby. Let's make it happen. That'll be the one. Let's make it happen. Okay. And this is my final and favourite question. If you could simultaneously grasp the attention of the entire world in the same moment, what would you tell them? I would tell them that if you feel like you have something more to share with the world or like you're leaving something on the table, you truly, truly do have the ability to get out there and turn that into a full-time business, gig, hustle for yourself that is going to change the lives of hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people as you like. You can take it to any scale that you want. And ultimately, the this is just related to that. It's not, you know, but the hunger of the entrepreneur or the person is literally what dictates the result and the outcome and the growth of the endeavor. And it really comes down to it. It's the hunger plus the skill set of the entrepreneur. And so if you don't have the skill set yet, go out there and start building that skill set. If you don't have the hunger, then find a deeper reason why. 
because the two together can take you so far and you really can achieve so much more than you previously thought that you'd be able to. If you have the ability to do it, get out there, make it happen because I promise you, you can achieve so much more in a very short amount of time. I think it was, you know, actually, I won't say his name. Let's cut that part because I don't want to say the quote. <laughs> it was Bill Gates. <laughs> Too many people hate him right now. Let's ask the question about uni, the, the course, if you could teach one course. Okay. All right. If you could teach one course at university, what would it be? In fact, how should we word this? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think because... We'll do this before the simultaneous graphs the attention because yeah, yeah. I said that was the final question. Let's do... Let's huh. say school because it's impact school. So this is impact okay. school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Lauren, you are building your very own impact school. A physical school where people can go and learn. You're in charge of the curriculum. What's the first thing that you teach? Oof. What is the course? I would teach people how to build a framework that will empower them to take all of their knowledge, experience, expertise that's in their head right now and how they can package that up into a framework that they can sell and teach to others at scale. Because what we're seeing right now with our clients, you know, when we teach people how they can build their thing and scale their thing through a very specific framework model that we teach, they're able to change so, so many more lives. And so I would teach them I would teach them that plus how to actually sell and get people into their business, how to sell and how to market and how to find product market fit and how to do market analysis and trends and and yeah, so I would take them I would teach exactly what we teach at Impact School, right? Through our roadmap. I mean that's exactly what I would continue to teach. And I think there's so much that can also be done, obviously, for kids when it comes to teaching financial literacy, when it comes to teaching ways in which to actually build wealth for yourself, ways in which you can build empathy for others, these communication skills. But I think it all really starts from, before any of that, learning how to learn. And I think that when you learn how to learn and then you learn how to take your knowledge and experience and package it in frameworks, frameworks have changed everything for me. Everything I do, I do it through using a framework. And it allows me to operate on the fly in a really strategic way. So people are always like, don't you want to plan for this? Don't you want to? No, I have the frameworks in my mind. So I don't really need to plan so often because I already planned before. So that's what I would teach. Allows you to be agile, right? Yeah, 100%. Frameworks are key. Amazing. I think we'll be seeing that course somewhere sometime soon. That is impact. Who knows? It's impact school already. If you want to find out more, go to impactschoolcool.com slash podcast. Impactschoolcarl.com slash podcast. Nailed it. Because when I say cool, they should we do cool. What? Uh, should we do an outro? Yes. Do you want to do it? Can do. All right. Let's gear up for it. I feel like we should just leave this in. Okay. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> live it. Should we do an outro? Shall we? Shall we? I've got to say that this has been a very profound conversation for me, and I've learned more about you than I had known previously, which I didn't think was really possible. And I'm sure for all of those listening or watching, wherever they are, will have taken so much away from this. So many knowledge bombs, so much value, and just you being vulnerable and letting them in hopefully gives them the permission to do it themselves. And I think that's something that we've seen across the board today is giving the listeners and everyone permission to do what they want to do and if they have a calling to take action upon that Mm -hmm. that you can build that business that you can go forth and do what you want to do and not to leave that opportunity on the table so where can people find you if they're looking for lauren tickner for some more incredible advice well you said it there just my name that's my name don't wear it out So you can find Lauren on YouTube, Instagram, at Lauren Tickner. We're making more tweets. Everywhere. Twitter, TikTok, everything. Just type it in. Just not OnlyFans. You're going to be disappointed if you type it into OnlyFans. You'll not find me there. (laughs) Sorry for those people who waited till the end so they could find that out. But at least you got some knowledge bombs. So anyhow. This has been an amazing conversation. I've truly enjoyed being a part of it. I feel privileged to be a part of it. And, you know, anyone who's looking to work with us, welcome you on board. We are super excited to bring more and more people in and, you know, change and impact lives. That's what we're about. And big big things are coming. Big things coming. We didn't even talk about, you know, the new tech founder title of myself. But hey, that can come for another time. Big, big. I could be another time. Yeah, I mean, look, never thought I would be a, a SaaS founder, but there we go. That's what's coming. But the other thing that I would say is mm-hmm. if you want tactical stuff when it comes to scaling your business and all the lead gen stuff and the sales techniques and all of that, we have a Facebook group as well whereby we post a bunch of live trainings and we do really, really tactical things like how to. We've been dissecting sales frameworks and like the exact. I would say script, but I don't really like scripts because it's more of a, a flexi, we call it a flexi framework because then it doesn't have to be so, you know, say this, then that and robotic. So the Facebook group, if you just type impact school into Facebook, you'll find it. And it's the one which has thousands of members, the one that has fewer than thousands. That's, you know, our, our clients, but, um, well, as of right now anyways, but it's the one that has the most members that says impact school, basically. And then the other thing that I would say is, you know, this podcast, if if it's been helpful, if it's been interesting, whether you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to it on Spotify or the podcast app or wherever the heck you're listening to it, if you have found it valuable, again, just share with one person. That's all I'm asking. Just one person. Drop it in your group chat with your friends. Um... I really, really want to get this out there to more people because the content that we have coming is going to be truly special. So thank you very much for listening. And I appreciate you, Tom, as well, for doing this. And we've got a lot of cool stuff coming. So any other one? Absolutely. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for delivering so much value. And thank you to all of those who are listening right now because, you know, it's great to have an audience where we can truly deliver as much value as possible. Yes.
Bye. Awesome. Take care. Bye.